Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me and I will make no apology about the fact that we're going to talk quite a lot of politics and probably quite a lot of economics. Um, but I'm not going to be talking economic theory because my economic history kind of ended at A-level. Uh, it's just that part of the problem this week is so did the economic uh, history of the people I'm going to talk about. Anyway, without much further ado, uh, let's have a little bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> Monday. So I was reading the Sunday Times. I was reading the long read um, yesterday, and it was all about um, the fiscal event from last week. Now, it, before we start, we have to remind ourselves it's called a fiscal event or it's being called a mini budget because it can't be called a budget. And the reason why it can't be called a budget is because it's not come with any forecasts. Normally, when you have a budget, you're expected to show your workings out. And that's uh, for the last few years, that's been figures generated by the OBR, the Office for Budget Responsibility. Uh, but because there wasn't anything like that in Quarteng's statement last week, it's it's been talked about as a, as a fiscal event, um, which essentially means budget in any other uh, name because it was the biggest uh, handout in terms of tax cuts for a long, long time. Anyway, I'm reading the Sunday Times and um, after the announcement, the, the markets had wobbled a little bit. Uh, the financial markets, the, the the pound had taken a bit of a dip. The financial markets had wobbled. Uh, they weren't too sure, but it looked like that had been ridden out. But it, it it wasn't a great response. If you're expecting a bump from the markets, then then you didn't get it, uh, and or trust and quarting uh, didn't get it. And they were they were essentially, and it was um, it was Tim Shipman who'd written the article, and he was he was saying, look, this is a gamble. This is a it's a it's a scramble for growth. It's very much out of the Thatcher playbook. Um, the chances are it will take a long time to come to fruition, probably not within the two years that they've got before an election. Uh, the optics of part of it didn't look great. Uh, and it was already being termed, and this is the reason for mentioning the Times article, uh, that it, the, the budget itself was kamikaze, which I thought was a fantastic way of describing it. Um, and I enjoyed the read, and in the same paper they were talking about how big a week it was for Keir Starmer and the Labour Party and really the pressure was kind of being heaped a little bit on Labour rather than than the budget but definitely the jury was out on the on the budget I didn't see what happened today coming I did not see the pound crashing to the extent that it did it it dropped to an all-time low against the dollar um, which I don't, nobody was talking about the day before. If you read the analysis, there was there was definitely an air of, look, the optics of part of it don't look great and it's a gamble, but nobody was saying it was going to crash the markets to the extent that it crashed, um, that it crashed the markets. So um, I think it I think it did take us all a little bit by surprise, but there's absolutely no doubt that that the situation today was that kind of febrile kind of uh, sort of situation we've had it we've had it in the UK politics quite a lot recently actually um, never really in financial matters to quite this extent as far as I can I can think on but it definitely felt like that through the day you you felt like we're in the middle of something here um, and events have run away from the people um, who are 
supposed to be in control of them. Um, and there was no comment coming from from um, the Chancellor. There was no comment coming from uh, the Prime Minister. Um, and we were just left really with this vacuum and this void. And all it was being filled with was the noise of what was going on uh, with with the pound against the dollar. And of course, we were heading for parity. And we've never had pound for dollar. And and the idea of pound for dollar, particularly self-inflicted pound for dollar, just seems absolutely bonkers. Meanwhile, over in Liverpool, um, we've already had some fairly barnstorming speeches at Labour conference. Miliband has essentially, Starmer's done it as well, but they've essentially led on greener, brighter future. They've They've led on the fact that the only way we have any form of recovery moving forward is is based on a green platform. Um, they're talking about how much cheaper um, renewable energy is compared with fossil fuels, um, and they're literally they're stealing that bit of the the, the middle ground. And it, it's middle ground politically, but it's also very very fertile ground in terms of public opinion. And then Rachel Reeves pops up, uh, shadow chancellor, and just very clearly and calmly says two things that are massive one the living wage or um the the minimum wage moving forward will not be some calculation based on medians and what have you it will be based on actual cost of living so the living wage will be based on what it does cost to run a household and to feed and to clothe and do all those things which is a massive massive thing to say particularly at this time and the second thing is that they're going to put that 45% oh, try again, forty-five pence tax rate back in and they're just going to use it to fund the NHS. And what a very, very clear signal. And we know this works well because, well, look at this. It's the kind of slogan you put on the side of a bus. Tuesday. The IMF the International Monetary Fund, which is the backstop for the world economy, effectively. It's the thing that ensures that the world economy is working properly uh, and makes sure that it continues on an even keel. The IMF has come out and questioned Britain's plan for national growth. They've questioned the uh, financial statement, the fiscal event from last week, saying that they don't think it's something that's appropriate for this point in time. They don't think borrowing money to cut tax is a sensible thing to do in the current state of the economy. And they're disappointed or they're concerned about the lack of figures to support what's been suggested. That's the IMF. The IMF don't get involved in situations like this as a rule. Um, so this is a this is a huge deal. This is a huge intervention um, on the back of, of the plan that Kwarteng and Truss have got. So as you can imagine, the markets stay in absolute pandemonium. Uh, there's still a void because there's no noise coming from anywhere as far as government's concerned. Uh, and it's just being filled with people saying how disastrous this is, including a lot of Tory MPs. It's actually starting to do the rounds that Tory MPs are putting in letters of no confidence about Liz Truss. That's a prime minister who's been in office for less than a month. Over in Liverpool, Keir Starmer, who isn't known as a speaker, delivers a good, solid uh, conference speech. Uh, he has a pop at the Tories for not being able to uh, handle the economy, and I think that's probably quite fair. 
But in the middle of what he's doing, he talks about things that absolutely are going to appeal to the centre ground of British politics, and they're absolutely going to appeal to all parts of the uh, of the population. Uh, he talks about wanting home ownership to be at seventy percent, but not through the current mechanisms, through building houses, ensuring you can get young people onto the housing ladder. He accepts the fact that home ownership is an absolute aspiration uh, for the for UK people. Interestingly, that's channeling Thatcher as well, but probably in a far more sensible way. He also announces that we are absolutely going to be a renewable energy economy and that moving forward, all that new created renewable energy is going to come together in a company called Great British Energy and that company will be in national ownership. So we're not going to nationalise things that are in the air, we're going to look at ensuring that all our energy comes from renewable sources and that will be something that's owned by the country. As you can imagine, that's going to play really well. We've talked before about this, but there are certain bits of nationalisation or public ownership that play well with the public. Railways is one, and Labour have already said they're going to actually take all of those franchises back into public ownership as they expire, and power and utilities is the other. So quite a sensible move over in Liverpool, whilst Whitehall, everything seems to be flapping just a little bit. <laughs> The Bank of England announces that it's going to start buying up government bonds. Effectively, it's going to start putting money into the economy to shore up the economy because there is so such a lack of confidence um, in the UK government at the moment and, and the UK economy at the moment that people are exiting uh, at speed, at haste. Um, what this means in, in, in theory is that you say that you will buy up government debt just to add that layer of stability. The figure that's being banded around is £65 billion. And ultimately what happens is the Treasury buys government debt, but that is essentially funded or underwritten by the Treasury. So ultimately what will happen is any losses, any cost to this uh, policy will be funded by the British taxpayer. So not only is it costing £45 billion to make the tax cuts, it's now costing far more because the economy is in such a state that the Bank of England is effectively having to bail out the economy. And the reason why this is happening, because um, there's a real risk to UK pension funds. UK pension funds uh, do a lot of investment uh, in government bonds and they are falling to such an extent um, that there's a real, real danger that UK pension funds could be massively impacted. The UK economy today is in a very, very critical state before the bank wades in, in the hope um, that actually there'll be some sense of normality restored and it will at least shore it up in the short term. It's not going to be able to put it back to where it was, but it's going to be able to stem the bleeding. That's That's the plan. This is a huge, huge issue now um, for the government. It's a huge issue for Truss. It's a huge issue for Kwarteng. And this is the kind of thing that happens after big global events. So this is what happened around the time of the financial crash, just to put some security into the institutions. Because at a point when a market starts to panic, it really starts to panic. And it will throw everything out at that point in time if it's jittery. 
and it was getting that jittery. So this is a really unusual event and certainly not an event that you'd expect to be brought about by some form of government statement. This is the kind of thing that only ever happens when there's a big tremor in the world economy or where there's a big tremor somewhere around the world. It's global events that normally bring these things on, not just essentially a government putting out a pseudo budget, which is what it absolutely has been. Uh, over in Liverpool, uh, Angela Rayner is closing the conference for Labour uh, and they're in such buoyant mood at this point that she's literally just taking the piss out of the government. Her speech is not really anything in terms of um, policy. Um, it's just literally listing everything in a jocular manner that the government have made a mess of, right up to and including this week. <laughs> Prime Minister makes herself available for a round of interviews on BBC local radio. Um, it's a long-standing engagement, so it's one she can't really get out of. And the hope is that it's local radio. Who's really going to be listening? Except everybody's listening. The world is listening. BBC Sounds, and this is the beauty of the new BBC Sounds uh, app, or the beauty of the world that we're now living in, is carrying this thing live. So it doesn't matter that you're not living in Norwich, or Stoke, or the West Midlands, or Manchester, or Preston. You can still hear exactly what's going on. Um, it would be fair to say this is a car crash set of interviews and it's an absolute credit to all the local journalists involved that they make such a great job of putting the Prime Minister under pressure, of asking the follow-on questions that don't seem to be asked on Radio 4 in the national media and really, really laying into it about what her policies absolutely are. My suggestion to you would be stop listening to this now, go to the link I've placed in the notes and watch the three-minute summary because it's absolutely joyful. How good was that? How good was that? But then how bad was that? That's our Prime Minister. That is our Prime Minister. And the silences seem to last forever. She has got no idea of how to deal with the obvious questions that come from the policies that she's put in place over the course of the last couple of weeks. Because people's livelihoods are absolutely on the line and she doesn't know what to say about it. It's, it's frankly embarrassing it's delicious, of course it's delicious, but it's frankly embarrassing and that will haunt her forever and a day. That clip, those clips, those clips are going to be floating around for a long, long time. She probably never thought she could get out of the whole port markets thing. Well, she's absolutely managed it. Um, what, what? I, I, I kind of don't know what to say about it, really. Um, I'm so... I mean... With the exception of Peppa Pig World and a couple of things, Boris didn't do that, really. Cameron was too slick for that, really. Um, May wasn't great, but then May wouldn't have done what Truss has done this week. So, I don't know. I mean, you literally despair. Friday. The newspapers this morning, the radio this morning, is all talking about a poll that's been done. I think it was a YouGov poll that has Labour 33% ahead of the Conservatives this morning. 
That's the kind of number I don't think we even saw in 97. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, lead on a, uh, a poll of voting intentions. But here's the other poll that's interesting. And I can't remember the exact numbers, but they're all in the mid to high 80s. On questions of whether Parliament should be recalled, on questions of whether the government shouldn't be trusted with the economy, on questions of whether the budget is deemed to be fair, 80% of people plus feel that the Conservatives have got it wrong. They feel that Parliament should be back, they feel that the budget is an absolute disaster, and they feel the Conservatives can't be trusted with the economy. Those are massive numbers because that must include a high proportion of traditional Conservative voters, and that's a massive, massive shift. Go back to the article I was reading on Sunday, and the talk was, yes, it was a huge gamble for the budget. Yes, that wonderful phrase, Kamakwazi, was in there, which has now got far more resonance than it probably had on Sunday. It made me smile on Sunday. It looks like a, a an absolute incredible piece of foresight now. Um, and it was going to be a difficult week or a pivotal week for Starmer. Fast forward to where we are now. And, and and look and look at the week that we've had. Starmer's absolutely captured the centre ground. He's been very, very sensible. He's talked about things that poll really, really well with the public. The public are really interested in green issues. They're really, really interested um, in in aspirational home home ownership. They're really interested in certain parts of um, public ownership, and they're interested in sound money. And he's just gone and grabbed all of that. And where where are we left now? Well, we're all left now wanting, I guess, a general election today, tomorrow. Um, not that I think that would be fair necessarily on a Labour government because they've got such a, a you know a mess to tidy up now. Um, that I think you'd kind of almost like to have a think about it and have a run at it when it eventually comes. Um, but it's been an astonishing week in that respect. Um, but I'm not going to finish on that. I'm going to finish on the fact that I went to see a gig on Tuesday night at the Sheffield City Hall and it was absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful venue. It was a fantastic gig. Um, I got to see Ivor. I got to sit next to R. Sue. Um, and it was just it was just a lovely little diversion from the rest of the nonsense that's been going on this week because you've not been able to tear yourself away from from the rest of it. So, in the middle, just in the middle, there was that one bright spark that kind of brought a bit of levity to everything. Uh, I hope you well. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.